the important thing is to keep that smile on your face, even if you're drowning. It's Manson Mitchell on the weekend with Gary Manson, Suzanne Mitchell. A double shot of good conversation with great guests to power up your day. Manson Mitchell, you're on the air. Thank you, Eric Kramer. Hi, everybody. Happy weekend to you. I'm Gary Mance. I'm Suzanne Mitchell. Together, we are Mance and Mitchell in your ears for the hour, and we are ably assisted every Saturday by Nathan Miller. Tall guy, Nathan. How are you doing today, sir? It's especially important to keep a smile on us, especially if you're wearing a mask. Oh, wait, that's right. I am still wearing my mask. Oh, all right. Hi, yes, I'm doing good. We, <laughs> Thank we are, you. We are back in masks, Nathan. Yes, your hypervigilance is duly noted. Yes. And the cost of the mask will be deducted from your paycheck. Thank you, Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to have us some fun today. You guessed. Absolutely. A first timer. This is we one of those. we excited get... about our first timers. We refer to those, Suzanne and I do, as get to know you interviews. Mm -hmm. And we learn a lot about the individual whom we are interviewing. And in addition to that, it kind of opens up new vistas for us to look at the phenomena of metaphysics in new ways. It's a mind stretcher. So we will have some fun with that today. And Suzanne, this is your opportunity, really the first one you've had to talk to Mary Tori there and find out what makes her tick and vice versa. She's been looking forward to conversing with you. And I just had to set this up accordingly. All right. Would you like me to be the one giving Mary her mad props would, today? I you would. typically do that duty, but I, I'm, I feel an attachment. Here, I so think I'm you should do it do today. That. Very good. Ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce to you my friend, Mary Tory. She is an ordained minister, a member of the Sarasota Center of Lights ministerial team. Mary is also a certified medium and spiritual healer. Mary Tory received professional mediumship training in England at the famous Arthur Findlay College, also at a place that is all but unpronounceable to my Anglo tongue, the Zwanenhof in the Netherlands. I think I had a beer there once. No, that was the Hofbrau at Epcot. She also is from the Lilydale Assembly in New York. This was where she got some of her training. And Lilydale Assembly in New York is, is regarded perhaps almost universally as a place where spiritualism began, especially in an organized fashion. In addition to that, Mary, busy lady that she is, received a lot of training, ministerial training, mediumship training, healing training through the Indiana Association of Spiritualists at Camp Chesterfield in Indiana, which is a no small place in its own right. It is quite famous and very well regarded, Camp Chesterfield. We'll find out more about that this hour. With help from the spirit world, Mary puts her love and care into all the classes she teaches from the Spiritual Center of Learning. She started in 2011 in the Denver, Colorado area. Mary also loves to share her passion for meditation, psychic and mediumship development, trance mediumship, and metaphysics generally with others. And so we've also we're giving her a website out here. We get to that marketing piece at the bottom of the hour after our break. Lots to learn about upcoming activities, especially a very, very big class that has a lot to offer. And that will be well discussed during the time we spend with Mary Tory, Reverend Mary Tory, newly ordained at the Sarasota Center of Light. Welcome, my dear. We're so glad to have you with us. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. What a treat. Thank you. 
as a first time guest, Mary, and first time on Manson Mitchell, we want to get to know you a little bit better, have our listeners get to know you a little bit better. And so first question, batting lead off. How did you get started in all this? How did this happen as an adult, as a child who, who was influential? Spill all the beans. <laughs> well, I'll do the best I can. Uh, my mother had the psychic gift, and, uh, but my father was in the military. He was a career Navy officer. So we didn't talk about this outside the home, but uh, my mother uh, played contract bridge and uh, she had... Uh, quite an ability to predict NFL football scores because uh, she was a great football fan. So she uh, kept this uh, psychic ability open for my brothers and I playing guard, uh, card games and, and fun little games that would stretch our psychic abilities. And what team did she like in football? <laughs> well, uh when my parents retired from, uh, my dad was at the Department of the Navy in Washington, D.C. Uh, he retired and became vice president of Sheldahl in a little town uh, in Minnesota called Northfield, Minnesota. And so uh, obviously we were part of the, uh, the big Vikings. football, the Vikings. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Well, I'll just tell you right now, I'm from Chicago, bears all the way. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> So with the exception of the 1985 Chicago Bears, both of you have learned to overcome frustration. Oh, my goodness. Yes, <laughs> that's for sure. That's very interesting to me that you were playing these games with your mom to develop intuition and psychic ability, because in, in all the people that Gary and I have talked to, it, it seems to kind of run the gamut as far as, um, you know, when people start picking up on it. And one of the things that we've heard fairly often with very few exceptions is that um, mediums will tell us that everybody has the ability that it is undeveloped, but especially when you're young, it can be developed. Yes, there are naturals. There are naturals in everything from musicians to artists to mediums people who seem to come in with that ability already but as far as learning that did you did you feel like you had this ability then from a very early age since you were doing these fun kind of exercises with your mom uh, well, I think because I was in an environment that uh, was supported by both my mom and my dad, because my dad believed my mother when she would come up with all these uh, psychic dreams and predictions, he couldn't ignore it. Uh, so I think as a child uh, in an environment where, where you are encouraged not to shut down your natural psychic abilities, which we all have, uh, that uh, I think that they thrive. And uh you know, you know that nothing's uh, unusual about them when they're accepted by your family. It's usually in, in uh, family uh, situations where uh, those things are repressed that they get yes. shut down. Yeah, often. Uh, and what about your schoolmates? Were they all charmed by your psychic ability? <laughs> <laughs> yes, schoolmates can be so charmed and charming. <laughs> Well, uh, again, it, it was one of those things where uh, when I was little, uh, 
oh, this lovely uh, young girl in spirit, she, uh, you know, seemed like a, an older sister to me. So she was with me from the time I was born. She would stand at my crib and I could talk to her and she talked to me. And then uh, it was like just before I started um, school, elementary school, um, my brothers, we were at a uh, Navy base in Philadelphia and uh, my, uh, we were on, uh, we were playing with uh, rocks, uh oh, and glass milk bottles uh, by the flight line. And my brothers were out there with their friends, and I wanted to play too. So unfortunately, I got into an accident where I just got creamed uh, with a very sharp rock, and I wasn't able to see Francine after that. So that kind of was so depressing. And I found out later because I was starting. Catholic school, if you can imagine. And uh, the spirit world told me when I was older, when I asked about that accident and, and why I wasn't able to see her anymore, uh, they told me that it was important that I wouldn't be, you know, talking to anybody in spirit during class because the, the nuns would call the priest, the priest would call my family. And at that time, they were uh, putting children on Retlin and all kinds of, of chemicals to um, to shut down those kinds of, of imaginations uh, that the scientists and the doctors didn't understand. Oh, you could identify with that, Gary. Well, and I'm related to people who as children underwent that kind of experience, though I can't attest to any psychic ability on my part or theirs, but this idea of making children manageable in classrooms. And I've been a substitute teacher. I've been a teacher's aide. I've seen the other side of that coin, but when it comes to, to drugging children, there's just going to be a change that may make you more manageable, but I always am concerned for the welfare of the child. And Mary, you were having that experience there, maybe early on when they started taking the pharmaceutical approach to classroom management, you know, <laughs> that's been a raging debate for a long time. So we have all this going on in your childhood. Yeah. There, you know, I'm reminded of, uh, so it's nice to be held in this classy com company and category, Mary, but, you know, when it came to the psychic abilities, what's going on with this kid, said Edgar Casey's family about this young child there who uh, may have set up shop in Virginia Beach, Virginia, but originally he was from Kentucky in the Bible Belt. And there was a way of looking at reality that must not be abridged. And yet he came to the point in his life, and now we're, we're going from his childhood where he was just, you know, he was a confounding member of the family, let's say. They didn't know what to make of him. But as the years rolled on, Mary, it's fascinating to me that people will graduate from what might be called the parlor magic phase or the pedestrian phase of psychic and uh, mediumistic activity. In the case of of Edgar Casey, I mean, he was hitting a lot of horses on the nose and he didn't bet the ponies himself, but people kept hitting him up for horse racing tips. And for a little while, he obliged them until he decided that that was a misuse of his gift. But some guys at the track made some money off it. <laughs> true. It's all true. <laughs> when, um, when did you start to, um, be influenced by were you ever in, uh, interested for example in the readings of other people i can remember when i 
was first getting interested in metaphysics, I actually, somebody actually handed me something by the Fillmore's, a, a daily word. And, and I thought, well, that's pretty interesting. And then as I got deeper into it, uh, I was reading Raymond Charles Barker. Somebody else gave me that. So there were people who were of a metaphysical mind who were handing things off to me and I was reading them and, and then those became my influences. How did that work for you since you were already intuitive? At what point did you start gathering information from other people and who were the reading influences that you had? Hmm. Well, um, my parents um, had, a, uh, I think at that time, if you think about it, I'm just trying to think there was, um, there were, uh, there were some psychics that uh, wrote some books. Uh, oh, I can't, I'm sorry, I, I can't remember some of the people. And then uh, there was, uh, my parents were so interested in Audie Murphy. And um, during that time, so it was Audie Murphy and, uh, you know, uh, with multiple lives and, and uh, those kinds of things. And then some of the, there was a Catholic lady uh, who uh, also wrote a book and I'm trying to, um, uh, I'm sorry. That's Maybe. okay. I believe, let me interject here, Mary. I believe the lady to whom you're referring going back to the 1950s was Bridie Murphy. Bridie Murphy, thank you. She yes. had grown up, grown up supposedly. Now there are a lot of debunkers that say no, that was uh, demonstrably false, and we can prove that. And the skeptics we have with us always. However, Bridie Murphy told some astonishing tales of a life she lived as an Irish lass, I believe, in the 19th century. That quite, mm -hmm. caused quite a sensation in the United States of America. People were going, "Can this be real? Do we really reincarnate?" <laughs> So there were those kinds of things. So we would, uh, you know, they would read the books and then uh, we, they were prolific readers. So share those, uh, the books and those types of, of things uh, with me going back and forth. So, and then at what point did things really begin to feel much more comfortable and natural with you as you were developing your mediumship? Well, actually, to be honest with you, um, ooh, after, uh, you know, I graduated from high school, uh, and then uh, it, Vietnam, the v Vietnam War was raging, and uh, I actually married the boy next door, and he, uh, he was a helicopter pilot, and uh, his family were, uh, they were Baptist, and uh, so this was definitely not something I was going to talk to <laughs> with them uh, at all, because uh, they, they, obviously would not have understood it or believed in it. So it really wasn't, I pretty much suppressed it uh, until much later. And uh, that was, a. Uh, I really didn't go back and revisit any of this, even though I was receiving information, but I wasn't talking about it with anybody. And I wasn't uh, going out and looking for anything because I had, I, I still had guidance myself. But what happened was, um, this actually happened after I moved uh, here. I moved here. My, my mother and dad had already passed and my youngest son had already started college. So uh, at the time I, uh, I took a job with a company that uh, transferred me to um, the state of Washington. And I, so I lived there for two years developing, uh, it was a business to business uh, development 
uh, for a company um, and I worked for them for two years. And then I had a, a, a hit from my spirit team uh, to move here to Colorado. So I moved here in, it I think it was 1990. And I moved to Boulder and I rented a two bedroom apartment. And uh, so I had an office set up in uh, the other bedroom. And one Saturday morning, uh, I walked in and turned on my computer. And I, my mother uh, in the spirit world was standing right there with me. I could feel her. She was, you know, I mean, I could hear her voice <laughs> in my head. And she said to me, Mary, spiritualism. And I had never heard the word. I thought, spirit, mom? She said spiritualism again. And then that was it. So, you know, I, I had the computer up. I did some research and I found that there was a two ladies here in Colorado that had a little get together uh, in a small little venue uh, on the next morning. So I, draw, I drove to that venue and it was like a little old uh, rundown strip shopping center. I went in with, and they were actually mediums and I didn't really understand what a medium was and I didn't understand what the spiritualism was. And so they, uh, they had their little service and then they were giving messages to people. I was a little intimidated by this and I was stand, uh, sitting in the back of the room and one of the ladies got off the, this little platform, walked to the back of the room and, and I was in the middle of the aisle. So she had to jump over a couple of people and she stood right next to me and said, is it all right if I give you a message? Your mother here is here, her name is Beverly. And she said that she, she got you here. And yes, it is spiritualism. And that was it. Wow. Wow. <laughs> that is the kind of that, that's tradition. That's 24 hours. If you could be raised in that, yeah. everybody's life would change radically. <laughs> that's, my, that's my overly broad statement for the day. but. I can remember having a reading where my grandmother came through and the medium who is local here in Sarasota told me that this lady seemed to be on my father's side, a grandmother, and her name is uh, Anne, no, Anna, Anna Mance. Well, that's exactly right. And there was no way that I was being cold read there because I wasn't giving out any tips, any hints or anything like that. I was passively receiving this message. And so there, my grandmother, my dad, whose birthday anniversary is today, be 103. He's up there partying, I hope, and blowing out the candles. <laughs> there, but uh, my, my dad's mother, Anna Mance, was there to tell me things that she was seeing in our home. There in the sort of uh, a bit of a narrative about our lifestyle. And I thought, this is amazing. And my grandmother passed through the message that really defines the, creates a sort of continental divide between spiritualism and more orthodox religions in the West. And that is, she said, I never thought growing up Catholic as I did, this was not a part of our religion. And the medium said, she's saying that it's amazing that she can communicate with you and others in this way that this is available, this thing, mediumship, because it wasn't a part of the old program, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I love it. It's true. <laughs> 
And, and I just think that's one of the great things about spiritualism, in addition to which you have a couple or three meccas I can think of. But Suzanne, you want to interject with a very important well, thought. No, I can I, see it. It's first, bubbling on your lips. Well, first of all, I just wanted to thank Mary for sharing that particular yes. aspect of her own experience, because you were talking about the first message that, you know, you got here. And she's talking about her message when uh, 24 hours after she finds out what spiritualism is. And I just got to thinking, we all remember our first message. And, and mine was just a greeting. The first time that I ever met a medium mm -hmm. was in Seattle. And it was, it was just like a, you know, hello. It wasn't even, it wasn't even a sit down reading. It was, she was doing a, a um, psychic fair and we were just meeting just sent to say hello and she said you know who's henry and i said oh well that's my great grandfather but you know he died well before i was born oh that doesn't matter he's here with you he's been watching out for you he's in your ancestral line he knows who you are and i was floored and and so i can i can kind of get where mary was at getting this message because when you get your first one, it, it sometimes really shocks you, especially when it's very evidential and people are bringing up names or something which is very connected to you. It, it can be shocking and, you know, exciting. Yes. How does that, how does that ring for you, Mary Tori, this idea of having the shocking experiences and beyond that there i'm very curious to know you and i have had numerous conversations usually short ones as we've gotten to know each other there but i haven't asked you what was it like for you when you encountered what i this is my expression not yours i'm using my own words i am imagining that you faced some kind of doubt a wall or a shroud a curtain of doubt that had to be penetrated in order for you to function well as a medium, which is a rather high calling. <laughs> well, actually, I, because of Francine, you know, the person in the spirit world, I mean, I, I didn't really have to go through that doubt. I didn't. I think that what, um, it shook me a, a bit. And I think that that's what mediumship does. I think that when, when you like what Suzanne said, when you receive uh, that first initial confirmation that it's not your imagination, that what you're receiving uh, is true, is real, um, it does, it, it shakes your paradigm. And that's, I believe that's by design. I think that's by design because um, I, I believe that what happens is uh, because of how we're educated, how we're brought up, how we're society, how society kind of molds us uh, to conform to what's going on uh, around us and with the beliefs, the religious beliefs that have been uh, permeated uh, throughout the eons, that it takes something like that just to shake us, to show us that, hey, there is another aspect to life than what we're seeing here. But there, there have been other things. I, I do want to share a couple of other things that have been just gifts. I mean, wonderful gifts um, that uh, I've had. I've, I've sat in 
a couple of seance, well, several seances with various physical mediumship, physical mediums such as uh, Scott Milligan, this young, wonderful medium in England, who was uh, one uh, one week that I was there staying at Arthur Finley College during a seance um, with him for the first time in a large hot room with 40 people. And we're getting settled in everything on these hardwood chairs. And I, I, in my mind, I said, oh, my goodness, I wish I had brought down a pillow from the bedroom that I could have sat on. Well, during the seance, when it got started, we're holding hands. It's dark. It's hot. My hands are sweating. I'm holding on to two people I don't know. And uh, this pillow hits me in the head and falls into my lap. It's an apport. One of those funny things that that the spirit world materialized out of nothing and gave me a pillow to answer my uh, question or my, not question, but I guess my request that I just did let me know again, they're listening to my thoughts (laughs) and be careful what you've asked for. And it is important to ask, isn't it? I mean, we can get things um, that we wouldn't normally think that we could get but it has been written more than once, you know, ask, ask for what you want, ask and the spirit world will respond to what it is that you want. We, um, it's been kind of nice on this, uh, getting a little bit of background from you, kind of a, a, a get to know you. We said that we were going to talk this hour about miracles and natural laws. So when we come back from the break, There is so much more for us. We're we're just scratching the surface here. We're going to dive deep into a lot of Mary Tori's thinking after the break when we get into our main topic of miracles and natural laws and a bunch of other things that we want to ask. And I'll tease it further by asking that miracle that you experienced. We've all, wow, it was a miracle. Was it really? Was that a miracle? Now, listen, I'm not trying to dull the shine on any special experience anyone has had. A party pooper, I am not, (laughs) using my Moira voice. (laughs) However, when we ask the question, there are metaphysical implications to asking the questions like, are there really miracles? And what would be the alternative explanation beyond probability, coincidence, and chance? And that's the kind of thing we're going to get into, in addition to which, when we return, Mary Tori will tell you about how her class is going to benefit anyone who wants to take psychic development and mediumship to the next level in a highly organized fashion under her direction. It's a great thing coming our way starting Tuesday, September 7th, but we'll get the details from Reverend Mary Tory on the other side of a short break. Give us a couple of minutes. We are Manson Mitchell, and when we return, more metaphysics. We love it, and we love that you have joined us today on this Saturday morning. This is AM 1150. We will be right back. Hi, everybody. This is Anson Williams from Happy Days, and I'm so excited to tell you about American Road. It is the best car travel magazine in the world. They have the most fantastic adventures detailed in each magazine with all your itinerary. We could just jump in the car with your family and have the most fabulous adventures you've ever had in your life. Please get a copy of American Road and start your own adventure. 
staying connected with Gary Mance and Suzanne Mitchell is easy. Just go to manceandmitchell.com for the latest info on topics and guests. Friend Gary Mance and Suzanne Mitchell on their Facebook pages and like the Mance and Mitchell show page at facebook.com slash Mitchell. If you're on Twitter, share a follow with Gary and Suzanne at Mance Mitchell. Join Gary and Suzanne Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for an unusual show that covers everything from personal growth to the paranormal. Here's an amazing act. Here's a tremendous act. Here's a startling act. The amazing, the thrilling, the greatest, spectacular, incredible, exciting, wonderful, world-famed, most unusual novelty act. The home of the A-Team of Alternative Talk is manceandmitchell.com. Heard right here on Alternative Talk 1150 AM or streaming live from your computer anywhere. Terry Loving wants to help you with your online marketing challenges right now. She has several courses she is giving away to help you get your business working for you online. Yes, giving away. WordPress websites are her specialty, yet her technical skills go way beyond that. Check out her blog at terryloving.com or email her directly at terry at terryloving.com. That's terry at terryloving.com. On Friday, Manson Mitchell welcome back Hank Garrett, the sole surviving cast member from Car 54, Where Are You?, and the man who broke Robert Redford's nose in Three Days of the Condor. On Saturday, it's DJs for a day as we play songs for the working man and working woman during this Labor Day weekend tribute. Bringing you mastery and mystery since 2007. We are Manson Mitchell, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Working hard to put a smile on your face. Alternative Talk 1150. Yeah, that's Working Man Blues. When the monkeys came up with one of my all-time favorite lyrics. I've done more now than a clear-thinking man would do. <laughs> that's in, in the Mary Tory's honor, I think. You selected that, Suzanne. I did. I did. Welcome, welcome back to Manson Mitchell. Our guest this hour is Mary Tory. Mary, if people would like to find you on the uh, interwebs, uh, where what is your website and what do you have going on if people would like to get uh, get up close and personal on Zoom with you? How would they do that? Oh, great. Well, thank you. Uh, my website's my name, Mary, M-A-R-Y and Tori, T-O-R-R-E-Y.com. So, uh, Lots of fun things going on uh, as uh, uh, as part of the ministerial team at Sarasota Center of Light there in Florida. Uh, we're, we have put together a great lineup of mediumship training on Zoom so that people around the country can uh, help us or uh, be, step up and take classes. And the first class in a three-class series is called Psychic Development Leading to Mediumship. And uh, the classes, the second class then is Mediumship Foundations. And the third class is uh, Evidential Mediumship. Excellent. That is comprehensive. In terms of, of the fee, the tuition, There, if you would put it into perspective, because <laughs> I have seen rates for this kind of training there. And of course, there's no accounting in my book for who is good at this and who isn't because I'm not the arbiter of that. I can't judge, but I know a price tag when I see one and it seems like the prices you are charging are rather a bargain, Mary. Now you do have a healthy oh, yeah. self-respect for the value of your own teaching <laughs> for God's sake, please. 
<laughs> I do, I do. Actually, this is 25% of what I normally charge. And the reason that I'm doing it this way, just because so many people, uh, people have lost jobs, uh, lost wages, are struggling. And the one thing that I know is that this, the spirit world is crying out for more mediums, give us more mediums. And it's because of, of what we're experiencing right now, we're losing, um, well, we're not losing, I mean, they're going home. There's so many people that are passing to the spirit world and mediumship is about help, helping those that are left uh, who are grieving the loss of their loved ones and want to hear from them. So I'm doing this as a part of my service to help in any way that I can. Excellent. Thank you very much for doing that. Yes. Thank you very much for that, Mary. I wanted to move on. Yes. That, do you have anything? You've got quite the tidy. You're always the better organized of the two of us. So, I mean, yeah, I wanted yeah, to get yeah, this miracle yeah. business. Well, that's where <laughs> I was going. Let's when, lay it out on when, the table. When you got that pillow put into your lap, was that a miracle? <laughs> Mary, what that's was a miracle that? pillow. <laughs> a miracle pillow. <laughs> well, you know, everything that happens to us in life is based on natural, or some people call it spiritual or universal law. Uh, there are no accidents. Uh, like in physics, uh, every uh, action uh, 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 results in an opposite and equal force right. and reaction. So that's the same way uh, with what's supposedly what we call miracles, that a thought, an action is set into place, and then the universe answers that in some way. I had an experience one Sunday morning when my mother, who has since made her transition, they decided that she would go to a Sunday service to see what these religious scientists people were like and the uh, the small b bible is the science of mind textbook authored by ernest holmes if you want to wade through 600 pages of metaphysics some of it repetitious quite honestly there but to get to the heart of the matter when it comes to manifesting your good and being in alignment with the greater forces of life with universal law science of mind would be a great place to go make sure that book is in your library if you take this seriously so with that said, mom and I in Las Vegas, where she lived at the time, we went to the local church, which was built as a religious science church. And those of you who are familiar with new thought edifices know that a lot of them are converted buildings. Relatively few are built with the intention of having a religious science or a unity church. And yet there they are. It's always a jewel when you go into one of these. And so there we were in the service and all these cars are parked, Mary. I mean, the plate, it's like, up and down the block and around the lot totally full. And I'm going, well, I know they, they have a congregation that is worthy of the name, but I never thought they would have this many cars. What's going on here with all these cars? Lo and behold, unbeknownst to me, it was the final day for a retiring pastor. So it would be his final talk, his final sermon. And during the course of this sermon, the place was jam-packed, and I just had to wonder at what the reaction must have been to people who did not know this gentleman. The retiring pastor said at one point during his talk, 
and you know me, I don't believe in miracles. <laughs> now, my mother, who had a hotline to the Pope, there she was so Catholic, other Catholics lit candles to her. So she was really into the, the old fashioned Catholicism. And when we drove home, she said that she found that off putting that he would say that there are no such things as miracles. And I said, I understand why you would say that it was a bit jarring for me to hear that. But I do believe I understand where he's coming from. And the best way I could explain my point of view to that I acquired through this movement called religious science. I told my mom, if you look at it from God's point of view, it's not a miracle that somebody has a instantaneous healing from cancer, or that somebody had a narrow scrape could have been killed, but they were spared and they felt an angel's hand on their shoulder. All of these sorts of things by whatever description is just another day at the office for God. We look at it from the standpoint of human perception, and we are amazed. We call it miraculous. It wouldn't be miraculous to the one that operates according to divine law as part of spirit's own nature. That's another day at the office, as I'm saying. <laughs> in your own viewpoint and the way you teach it, does that resonate with you, this dichotomy between the miraculous and the functioning of natural law? It does. I mean, to me, uh, natural, I mean, the whole universe, everything is in order. Uh, even if you look at nature, when you look at nature, you can see uh, numbers in leaves. You can see uh, uh, so many things that relate to, uh, to uh, natural law that it's not unusual to me. You know, again, you think about, I mean, natural law says that we're all connected and the spirit world says, you know, they, they send uh, during certain times in our, our uh, spiritual development as, hum, uh, as humans, humanity, they send in evolved beings during these periods of time so that they can take physical form and they can uh, send out thoughts and love into the collective consciousness in order to raise the lower vibration during any uh, you know period of time on the planet, so that uh, we can step up to go to the next level. As as a group, I mean, they're sending this to let's say planet Earth, and and is that to function as a, as a group enlightenment, as a, as a raising up of everybody on the planet? Yes. Well, like, you know, uh, well, I look at, okay, let's go back and let's just look at the history of, of mediumship and modern spiritualism, you know, just before uh, it, uh, the wrappings at the uh, Fox Cottage, you know, the Hydesdale wrappings. Just before that, what happened was uh, there were certain mystics, psychics, if you call them, that were notified and told by the spirit world that there was going to be uh, a time when many, many mediums were going to be needed in order to help heal and comfort those that were grieving. And so what happened was they sent in during modern spiritualism, 
these seasoned mediums that were ready and available to help during that period of time. Because during that period of time, uh, we went through uh, World War I, we went through the 1918 pandemic, and, and we went through so many, uh, and the Civil War, especially at that time. So we lost millions and millions of people that left Earth and went to the spirit world. And so they were trying to prepare those that were left to be able to communicate with their loved ones. Do you think that's happening again now, Mary? I do. I do. I, mean, I do. To think of all the people that we've lost in the pandemic worldwide, and yet the United States has the largest percentage, according to our population, of, of deaths from this. Yes, I absolutely believe that you're right, that this is part of the time, because it was Silver Birch, who was the spirit guide of Maurice Barbanel in the 60s and 70s. Maurice Barbanel passed in 1981, and Silver Birch uh, said during one of the sittings, the seances, he says, he said, give us more mediums. We cannot have too many instruments, and that they, they're making great progress with the mediums being in planet on planet. Let me ask you a question. It's, it's a fairly pointed one, but I definitely want to get your point of view, Mary, and that is, do these places of learning, Camp Chesterfield in Indiana, of course, Lilydale Assembly in upstate New York, we have Casadega here outside of Orlando in Florida. To the best of your knowledge and observation, does the mediumship movement, if we can call it that, police itself in any way so as to keep fraud at bay? Because we know that the great Harry Houdini, he went to Lilydale and he was there to clean house. And there were <laughs> yes. people that would not come to the door when they saw it was him. <laughs> there is that, that undertow that casts doubt and, and aspersions along with it toward mediums and mediumship. How do you deal with that? How do you perceive that? Well, I, I do believe that these organizations are policing themselves. Uh, I think that uh, one of the things that Arthur Finley did, uh, college did, uh, I just told you about the one uh, seance with uh, young Scott Milligan. And yeah, I mean, that was a quite a few years ago. Well, it was shortly after that last one uh, that I sat in there at Arthur Finley College uh, where they said that they would not do any more seances in the dark. And that, uh, so to protect against any fraud for, for any physical medium that was going to demonstrate at Arthur Finley College, uh, they would have to supply night vision goggles, uh, night vision, um, yeah, goggles uh, for everyone. That would be part of the uh, situation. And I know at Lilydale, I don't believe that Lilydale is a proponent of uh, right now of any fiscal uh, mediumships demonstrating at Lilydale. Wow, you just wowed me with some information that I did not know about the night vision goggles. Um, a couple of things about that. It, it seems suspect that there is something that is going on in the dark that cannot be seen. And from 
our interviews with other mediums, it it is the the matter of um, a spirit using the body of a person here on earth in order to communicate and using their life force, their ectoplasm. And it was, it was told to us that there are certain things that can only happen in the dark. And one of those things is the germination of seeds. You, you can't necessarily germinate a seed in the light. It needs to be put into the earth, into the dark in order for it to grow. A lot of plants have to go into the dark earth to have that happen. And so we heard that, that this was one of those things that is best left in the dark because of what it is that is occurring. On the other hand, uh, we've also talked to um, people who channel and do physical mediumship that are saying that it is okay with them if there is a small candle or a small red light in the room so that it can be seen. And I, I find that much more appealing because it seems that you would be eliminating fraud if you could actually see something. I never heard about this night vision goggles thing. And that would take care of that problem in that you could perform the, the, uh, the ectoplasm leaving the person's body in the dark and yet people could see it. So I'm really glad that you mentioned that today because that that is very new news. And ha have you participated in something like that with the night vision goggles? No, I haven't. Um, the mediums that I've sat with, uh, David Thompson uh, and uh, Scott Milligan, they have the, the issue for some mediums you know, because there's two types of physical mediumship, you know, one is the using the ectoplasm and the other is like the skull experiment where they're using more, uh, it's a electromagnetic type of physical phenomena. So you have two different things going on, but those Scott Milligan and David Thompson trained in the dark. And right. it's very difficult for a medium then who has uh, their bodies are used to that and to go the other way, because there have been in the past, uh, there have been uh, some wonderful mediums that were actually physically harmed and killed uh, because of, of someone turning on a light or bringing a flashlight and shining it on them uh, in the past. Um, you know, I mean, I, I think even of Helen Duncan, in the past uh, was literally killed uh, by the police coming in and raiding, uh, raiding one of her seances. So well, I think it all depends. What, what, what did you think of the explanation that I got that think like seeds have to be done in the dark 
So do you think that something like that channeling has to be done in the dark? Does that make sense to you? Well, I don't know, because I mean, one of the guys that works with me, uh, he passed in 1993. This is uh, Reverend, well, I call him doctor, because he is my doctor teacher, uh, Dr. Gordon Higginson. And Dr. Gordon Higginson, Gordon Higginson, uh, you know, started the school at Arthur Finley College. Arthur uh, Finley was a, uh, had talked to him before he passed that he was uh, give, uh, turning the estate over uh, to the Spiritualist National uh, Union. And he said that uh, he was able to materialize things in the library there at the college and at Stansted Hall. Uh, in the light. There were quite a few things that he was able to do in the light, and it wasn't in the dark. But then there are other things, you know, where they did do it in the dark. So I think it all depends. You know, I think it all depends. Thinking about Leslie Kane, I think that was done in the light. We, uh, we interviewed somebody who went to England and, and, and watched a hand develop in front of her. Oh, that was Leslie. I know Leslie. Yes. So that was, uh, that was Stuart Alexander. So yes. Yeah. Fascinating. Fascinating. While we have some minutes remaining, I did want to ask you, Mary, which symbol, and I'm prepared to offer one of my own, which symbol (laughs) has the richest meaning from the entire mandala of consciousness (laughs) going back millennia, which one speaks the most clearly, the most emphatically to you as a woman who works in the spiritual realm. For me, nothing be now I grew up with the Catholic crucifix, of course, but nothing has carried more weight for me and developed my own understanding more than the yin yang symbol. I mm. really get it. When I look at the yin yang symbol and I read about Taoism, I go, I think reality is this. It works in this way and it's beautifully articulated by that symbol. You're very passionate about symbology, as you call it. So, which one works the best for you? <laughs> well, I think about the small cross where the uh, two, uh, the two uh, legs are e- equal as above, so below. So to me is that we're not separated, that there's no separation between our worlds, because there isn't. There literally is, they're right here with us. It's just that we don't have uh, the vibrational, uh, we don't have the the physical senses in order to uh, physically see them or to physically, you know, uh, pierce that veil, even though they're right here with us. I want to give you the opportunity to mention your website and all that it has to offer so people can go get up close and personal with you after this broadcast. Well, again, that my website is Mary Tory, my name, T-O-R-R-E-Y.com. And you can, there's all kinds of things there for you to see. It's pretty user-friendly. I've been there. Mary, I like it. Mary, have you done a past life regression? Oh, no, there's a question for Mary Tory. <laughs> Have you gone into the deep recesses of your past lives? Do you dare? Uh, well, I've had a couple of experiences with that, yes. Uh, I think that the most interesting, though, uh, was the... Um, there's another physical medium who does spirit por- uh, uh, precipitation, uh, Reverend Hoyt Robinette, 
And he's also this amazing trance medium. So I recently had a sitting with him and uh, on Zoom and he, uh, he went into trance and one of the masters came through and talked about one of my past lives with him. So that was quite lovely and surprising, totally surprising. <laughs> Interesting. So you haven't done like with a, a hypnotherapist or anything? Yes, I did do that one time. Uh-huh. Yes. All right. And were you disappointed to find out that you weren't Queen Nefertiti? <laughs> My belief is that we have thousands and thousands of lives. <laughs> some of them good, some of them boring, some of them very average, but you know, and some of them quite exciting. So how's this one going? I think we're doing okay this life. So I get to meet you guys. Well, you, you know, and you have to ask yourself, why are we so conscious in this lifetime? And I believe we're most conscious in a lifetime when we are able to make the greatest uh, strides in service and, and uh, to others to help and assist in the development of humanity and where we're going. Yeah. Yeah, very interesting, especially at this time, what we've been living through the last year and a half. And I think it's it's got people doing a lot more deep thinking than they have before, a, a lot more angst, a lot more anger and fighting and political upheaval and all the rest of it. But also, I think people are really looking at their lives and, you know, what if it should end? What happens then? So I think people are giving it a little bit more thought now because we've been living with this pandemic for so long. That's what I think. Well, I, I hope it leads to a new depth of spiritual inquiry. I yeah. think that would be a good use for this era, just my personal opinion. It could be. Well, Reverend Mary Tori, and let me congratulate you on your recent ordination at Thank the Sarasota you. Center of Light. So wear that badge proudly, and uh, I'm a part of that community. We're delighted to have you with us in that high capacity. We're also thrilled to have spent some time with you here. This was a lot of fun picking your brain. Hope you didn't mind and swapping points of view. I hope that we will do it again because we didn't even get, uh, we didn't have time, but we to didn't get, to get everything. Well, like numerology, yeah. another of your passions. <laughs> so next time what we need, we need to fill a, a slot here for a good numerologist who has the wide angle lens on metaphysics as well. And I think you'll do Mary Tori. So how about join us next time? And we'll talk some numbers. Lovely. Thank you. Thank you for the invite. And thank you for allowing me to come and be here with you today. What a pleasure. What a pleasure. Likewise. Thank you. You're welcome. You had a great Very time. Good. Okay. Join us next week. When other stuff will happen. Yep. In the meantime, coming up next. We have a Jupiter rising with, with Eileen, Eileen Grimes, our good pal. Stay well, stay safe out there, Seattle. We miss you, and I'm going to get back there one day, and I'll probably be wearing a mask, and that's okay, too. We are Manson Mitchell. Have a wonderful weekend, everyone. This is AM 1150, your home for spiritual, metaphysical, alternative talk in Seattle. Mm -hmm.